0: another industry moves away from checkbox compliance and an unexpected jump in e-commerce fraud. These stories are more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. For many organizations in the past couple of years, documenting IT security meant implementing security controls and then checking off boxes to show auditors that they were in compliance. That changed for the U.S. federal government in 2014 when Congress enacted the Federal Information Security Modernization Act. That statute updated FISMA, the law that governed IT security in the federal government. Under the FISMA reform, instead of checking off a list of compliance steps to show specific controls were in place but didn't necessarily assure IT systems were secure, the new approach required agencies to take preemptive actions to secure IT based on risk assessments, and checkboxes were replaced by automated continuous diagnostic and mitigation systems to assure the security of IT systems were in place. Now, the healthcare sector is moving in the same direction. Healthcare advisor HIMSS Analytics and security provider Symantec teamed up to produce the second annual HIT security and risk management study. The study was conducted late last year and unveiled at the just-completed HIMSS IT conference in Orlando. And according to the study, more healthcare organizations are beginning to see cybersecurity as much more than a compliance checkbox chore.
1: The business people are beginning to view the main driver for doing security as a business risk issue, not a HIPAA compliance issue. And that could really be a major change for the industry if we're making that shift, because now it becomes an organizational imperative. It's about the business, not just what those IT guys have to do.
0: That's David Finn. He's the health IT officer at Symantec and spoke with Healthcare Info Security Editor Marianne kolbisak mcgee Marianne was in Orlando for the HIMSS conference. What drove healthcare organizations away from checkbox compliance to a more business-like approach to secure IT? In part, Finn says, the increasing number of ransomware attacks targeting healthcare providers.
1: The organizations began to realize that this was a business risk. It wasn't just IT that was being impacted. But when you got hit with ransomware or a cyber incident shut your organization down, this was now a patient care and a quality of care issue.
0: The survey also reveals that healthcare organizations want to increase the knowledge of their employees about how to secure and protect the privacy of patient information. Again, Finn.
1: Our clinicians are telling us, based on this study, that they want more end-user training. They want to understand what security is, how it works, how it benefits them, and what they need to do. Everyone agreed that budgets and staffing are an issue, but the clinicians said more end-user training. 57% of them said more
0: end-user training would actually help. That's Symantec's David Finn. Card not present fraud or online fraud skyrocketed in 2016, soaring 40% from 2015. That's according to the 2017 Identity Fraud Study published this month by the digital financial advisory firm Javelin Strategies Research. To discuss these disturbing trends, I'm joined by Bank Info Security Editor Tracy Kitten. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Eric. A 40% jump, such a large increase surprised experts, right?
2: Yeah, it did. I think experts were expecting there to be an increase as we've made the migration or initiated the migration in the U.S. to EMV, which is chip card technology. There was an expectation that we would see fraud migrate from the physical point of sale channel to the online channel. But I think the forty percent jump year over year was very surprising. When I was speaking with Javelin Strategy and Research, Al Pasqual, the researcher there, mentioned that he expected to see a ten percent jump, but not forty percent.
3: We've reached a bit of an inflection point last year. A lot of cards were reissued, and at the end of the day. It does change criminal behavior. So their lives get a little bit harder and they gradually migrate online. The difference between the physical channel though and the online channel is that criminals can conduct so much more fraud more quickly online. There's like a magnifying effect once they get online. And so I think we're seeing some of that play out right through the use of things like bots where you know they can conduct hundreds of transactions a minute and not be held back as they would be in the physical world where they have to go from store to store only so much you can do in a day. It's not just car not present fraud that's
0: experienced a significant increase last year. Mobile device compromises on the rise too.
2: Yeah, it is. And so when we talk about online compromises, online account takeover and mobile account takeover, they're kind of one in the same. Oftentimes when people conduct transactions on their mobile devices, they're conducting that as an online transaction. Other times they're using mobile apps. But Javelin says that overall mobile account takeover nearly doubled from 2015 to 2016. Banks are doing a better job at getting customers to use one-time passcodes through their mobile devices. Oftentimes these are sent through SMS text messages, but criminals are aware of this, and they're taking over customers' mobile accounts oftentimes by compromising those SMS or text messages.
3: Taking over your T-Mobile, taking over your Verizon accounts because they want those one-time passwords. They want the text messages that banks and issuers and others are sending to their customers and they're, they're getting them, right? So this is just an example of how they are overcoming our defenses in digital and how we need to raise the bar more quickly.
2: Keep in mind, Eric, that more people are using mobile devices for banking and payments than they have in the past. And as Pascual says, criminals go where the money is. And so they're going to the mobile device.
3: As more and more institutions make those kinds of services available via mobile out of band authentication, criminals are going to shift to their behavior and focus on these new ways to secure the account and try to find the weaknesses, those weak links. Maybe your bank has really strong security, but maybe your carrier doesn't for your mobile phone. They'll take the username and password from the LinkedIn list or from the Yahoo list and then try it against your mobile phone account. That gets them access, now they're forwarding phone numbers, and then they move on to your bank account. It's a preliminary step.
2: Consumers need to be more aware of digital security, and I think that we are seeing that, but obviously more customer education is needed, and that's not just something that banking institutions need to be doing. that's something that retailers need to be doing as well. And we also need to take steps to improve authentication, whether that's on the mobile channel or the online channel with more back-end analytics. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you, Eric.
0: You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. As Yahoo! stockholders are discovering, data security breaches can be very costly. ISMG Security Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk explains.
4: Yahoo's data breach misfortunes have come at a steep price. Its acquisition by Verizon Communications will go ahead, but for $350 million less than the $4.8 billion figure agreed to last July. Yahoo disclosed three breaches, one in September and two in December, which compromised upwards of one billion accounts. The disclosures threw doubt on whether Verizon would follow through with the acquisition and marked a prominent case study into the impact of security lapses on big business deals. Verizon has stood by its decision to push ahead, but breach-related costs are expected to continue. Yahoo will pay half of the costs related to government investigations as well as third-party litigation related to the breaches. Yahoo, which didn't carry cybersecurity insurance, must absorb all costs stemming from shareholder lawsuits and SEC investigations. The SEC is pursuing at least two lines of inquiry, including whether Yahoo waited too long to notify breach victims, and if it violated securities laws by not providing documents to the agency related to the breaches. Verizon seeks to increase its digital advertising business by acquiring Yahoo, a web darling from the 90s whose star has faded with the rise of Google and Facebook. Although it's still a profitable company, Yahoo has struggled to develop digital products that drew in new users. Its problems came after what were already an unprecedented string of breach disclosures last year from web services companies including LinkedIn, MySpace, and Dropbox. Many of the breaches occurred several years prior to disclosure. The data from Yahoo's breaches hasn't leaked publicly on a wide scale, but at least one security firm, InfoArmor, believes the Yahoo data has been discreetly sold several times by a professional group of black hat hackers from Eastern Europe. That group may have also been behind the breaches at LinkedIn, MySpace, and Dropbox. Although Yahoo attributed the 2014 breach to state-sponsored hackers, InfoArmor says that the data appeared to have been sold to another group connected to a state, a distinction. Victims of Yahoo's breach didn't suffer direct financial consequences and no payment related information was compromised, but the consequences of losing personal data can be hard to value. It's well known that the kind of data leaked could be used for identity theft or other impersonation scams. Once the data is lost, it can never be retracted, which poses long-term risks to staff data, such as birth dates.
0: For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, hackers don't need much time to cause havoc. A survey of 70 penetration testers by NUIX North America contends the vast majority of malicious attackers, more than 80%, need 12 or fewer hours to compromise a target, including exfiltrating data. These white hat hackers say they use social engineering as part of their attack strategy, and nearly 7 in 10 of the respondents say that security teams never caught them in the act. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Mary Chabro. Catch you next time.